Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Chapter 3, and also we'll be in James chapter 1 as well, and we are finishing up our final message of our series, Only God Can Do It. And uh, we've been sharing with you that we believe it's God's heart for you and I and for the church because we are the church, right? Um, That God is calling us as individuals, the church, to posture ourselves for God to do what only God can do in the church's life and also in your life. And so we've been just kind of walking through Scripture and looking at it, right? But it's going to take us, you and I, to develop um, our, our, um, develop our strength and our, even a trust in the Lord to where our faith is built up to believe that God wants to do that in your life. Because oftentimes we don't really think, well, yeah, God does it for other people, but God doesn't necessarily do it for me. But that's not true. Right? The enemy wants us to believe that that's not true. God wants to do things in your life. Now, our, our, one of our theme scriptures here is Mark uh, chap, chapter 9, verse 23. They'll put it right up here on the board for you. It said, Jesus said to him, and last week I pointed out, him is a very just average person. Average Joe. Not someone special, not a religious leader, not someone who's got all this unique Bible knowledge or anything like that, but a very just normal person, he said to him, if you can believe, okay? So he's not saying, hey, only theologians, only those who go to Bible college, only those who, um, you know, have all this vast knowledge of God's word can believe. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Meaning, you know what, for us, we serve the God of the impossible. And really, God loves us so much that He wants to help us break through barriers in our life, right? All of us, in some way, shape, or form, might have a barrier in our life where we want to grow closer to the Lord, where we want to get connected more with Him, but there's always sometimes some things that hold us back. Only you know what those things are. Not, I don't know what those are. Only the Holy Spirit knows what those things are. But in all of us, I believe that there's this thing where the Holy Spirit is constantly talking to us and saying, hey, press in deep. Get to know Jesus deeper. Get to know God's word more. Get to know God more. And sometimes, you know what? The enemy can come in and go, well, yeah, but see, you're not, even, you're not even getting there. That, to me, is a barrier. There's things in our life that sometimes stop us from actually engaging ourselves to experience God at his fullness. Because he really does, like he said in John 10, he wants us to live life to the full. I believe, why would he put that in there? Why would Jesus say that in scripture if he didn't mean it? Because Jesus never said anything that he didn't mean. He says, I've come to give you life and that life more abundantly or that life to the full. And the thing is, we, we, we probably have realized this, it's not very automatic for us to just all of a sudden, you know, grow our faith or build our faith in such a way that we are just convinced and we thoroughly believe that God can do the impossible. But see, that's where he wants us to get to the point where we build such a bold faith that we're able to say, okay, you know what? I see the situation. I understand the situation, but I believe that God can change the situation. 
I mean, do we approach situations that way sometimes? I'm going to admit, I, I, sometimes I don't. My first thought is, ah, right? Kind of that, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I don't know. But see, God wants us to be able to, to approach a situation and be able to say, okay, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'm going to go to God first. I'm going to put it into his hands. I'm going to begin to interact with him. I'm going to ask him what my part is to play. But then I need to turn it over to him in such a way that says, okay, God, you're in control. Because I, I can't control this thing. I can't, I can't do this thing. But see, we've got to build our faith to that degree. And what's cool too, and we've said this in our last couple messages or whatever, but no one is excluded. Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. And so if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. That's the great thing about this. And the other thing is, is that all of us can develop this breakthrough faith. All of us can. I, I, I want you to grab a hold of that. You can in your life develop breakthrough faith. And, and here's what, where, where I think sometimes people kind of, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know. But the thing is, is this. No matter where you're at in your relationship with God, he wants you to build that breakthrough faith. You know, he's not looking at you and go, oh, well, only if you reach this level. He's not, he doesn't look at you that way. He loves you, right? He looks at it and says, you know what? I know where you're at. I know the level that you're at. And maybe this person's a little bit ahead of you or whatever. But that should not stop you from building a breakthrough faith in your life. To where you're like, God, I am just leaning in and pressing in. And I don't know how you're going to do it. But I'm going to trust you to the point of man seeing what, whatever it is you want to do. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But you can, you can build it. You, you can have this thing develop in your life. So over the last several weeks, right, we have looked at four out of the five biblical steps to building breakthrough faith for a breakthrough year, because that's what we believe God's speaking to us. He wants us to build faith to the point where we're having a breakthrough year, even though, um, like, I don't know, in, in, in just people's lives, it seems like 2022 is even probably rougher than 2021 so far. And we're in January, right? We're at the end of January. It's like, oh my gosh, this is even worse than what it was last year. But see, I still believe that God wants us to build a breakthrough faith as we walk through this. And so we learned that we are to take time to remember the vision God has given you and I to carry out. Now, what we mean by that is not so much a big, huge, gigantic vision where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Africa and I'm going to go do this, I'm going to do that. Not talking about that. What we're talking about is the fact that there are little things that the Holy Spirit speaks to you that wants you to move forward in your relationship with Jesus. Okay? So when he speaks, that's vision. If you're listening, right? And so he says, hey, I want you to do this, let's just say more. I want you to spend time with me more. That's vision. So then what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to remember those things and say, okay, so he wants me to spend more time with them. Okay, how am I going to make that happen? And we'll talk a little bit, talk a little bit more about that, right? So we, the first thing we learned was take time to remember the vision 
that God has given you to carry out, right? And always those, and we'll talk about this too, those little visions always lead to a bigger vision, right? It's kind of like this, this building thing, but we'll talk about that in a minute. And then each one of us must be willing to take honest reviews of our life and then honestly report where we're at to God and others. Now that God already knows, but it's, it's good to be able to sit and talk to God and say, God, this is where I'm at. Man, I'm not doing too well with that thing that you, you gave me, this little vision that you gave me. I'm not, I'm not doing too well. And he'll go, yeah, I know. But see, that's the thing. God's so loving and gracious. He's all, but come on, keep going. Keep going. See, sometimes we kind of just put up these spiritual walls and we kind of just want people to think that we got it all together and it's all good. And look at me. I'm super Christian. I got this together, right? But then we go home and it's a total wreck. It's a train wreck. It's a mess. Now, I'm not saying everybody, but just sometimes that happens. But see, God wants us to be truthful in our relationship and say, man, I'm not doing very well in that. Man, I know you're talking to me. I know you're, you're sharing things, but I'm just not doing very well with it. And he goes, I know, but come on, let's get going. And then you want to find someone in your life that can, can, can be a confidant or a mentor or a coach or somebody that you can talk to and say, hey, man, this is an area that God's really speaking to me in my life. But man, it's not really clicking. It's not connecting. And, 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 and they're there to what? Encourage and then keep their mouth shut, Right? You don't want to talk to anybody and then it's like, hey, guess what? You know, you don't want that. But you want to find people in your life that you can go to and say, hey, this is where I'm still working on in my relationship with Jesus. And they can keep you accountable. They can say, hey, okay, well, you can do it. Jump on this board. Come on, man, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to help you coach through this. We're going, to get, we're going to get to where you need to go. And so you want to find people, but you just got to be honest. And then last week, we discovered that we should revise our approach where needed, right? And we talked about how Paul made this spiritual three-point turn in Philippians 3. By forgetting our past approaches, right? Sometimes they're outdated. Oh, well, this is the way I've always connected with God. Well, God's like, I want you to change that. I want to make this a little more different. And so we forget our past approaches, then we said, then turn to a new approach. Ask the Holy Spirit, what's a new way that I can engage in my relationship with God? And then press towards it with incremental growth. Don't feel like you got to, you know, hit the home run and there you go. No, do a base hit, then another base hit, and then another base hit. Next thing you know, I'll do a double. See, but it's, a, it's an increment. It's not just all like, oh, because you know what, what happens is, when we don't feel like we hit the home run, then we feel like we failed. And then we want to give up. Because the enemy wants to come in and speak to you and say, see, you, you messed up. You're not even close. You'll never be close. See, God's so mad and angry with you. But see, if we approach it and say, you know what, I don't care. I am taking one step at a time. And I'm walking this out the best that I can. And God is there and he's helping me and he understands and he's coaching me and he's encouraging me. Man, you start winning. You start winning in these, these little, little things. And so I just want to say, if you've missed any of these uh, messages, then go listen to the podcast and uh, hopefully you'll be blessed by it. But today's title is this. It's uh, restructuring for what only God can do. Restructuring. For what only God can do. So let me, let me pray real quick. Uh, Holy Spirit, speak to us today. 
about restructuring. Amen. All right. So today I want to give you three truths to help you put action to the areas of revision. Remember, that's the change that, that possibly you need to make that will intentionally restructure the areas of your life for breakthrough. So we'll pick up where we left off and learn more about the, the, the following the Holy Spirit's lead, okay? Because He wants to lead you and I to incremental adjustments, not huge ones sometimes, but small little things that may adjust the way you think, the way you speak, and the way you act in every aspect of your life. So we're going to pick up here in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, and we read this last week, but it says this, brethren, or the body that's, that's listening. I do not count myself to have apprehended. You remember we talked about how Paul said, hey, I, I'm moving forward, I'm going forward, but man, I haven't apprehended or got this whole thing down yet. I'm still moving forward in my relationship with God. That's comforting, right? Because at times I feel like, man, I haven't apprehended everything. But it says, but one thing I do, okay, now these are actually those three things we talked about, right? That, those three uh, points, uh, terms, says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of, uh, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ, Jesus. Verse 15. Therefore, let us as many as are mature. Now that Greek word is the Greek word teleos, which means full-grown adult, but listen, not perfect or flawless. Okay? So it's somebody that is being developed and is advancing, advancing spiritually in their life. But they're not perfect. See, we think, man, we've got to be perfect sometimes. But it says, therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. Okay? Here we go. This is kind of those three, the three points we talked about. It says, and if in anything you think otherwise. Okay? So this kind of carries this idea of being out of sync with the way um, we ought to be thinking or seeing a situation. Out of sync with who? God. Have you ever been in that situation? Where you've been out of sync with God? God says, hey, this is how I see it. But in, inside ourselves, we're kind of like, no. See, I, I, I heard this phrase uh, the other day, and it, man, it really bless me, but you know house rules? So like if you ever play a game, right, you're at home and you have house rules, right? And house rules are the ones that you make up that kind of, you know, fit to the way you want it to be played. Because actually, you know, the game will have the whole rules all set out. But oftentimes we say, well, yeah, but house rules are this. And we kind of make it adjust to the way we want it. Well, sometimes I think we approach God with house rules. Yeah, I know the rules are here, and I know that's what you want me to do, but my house rules, God, that kind of gives me some gray area to walk in, and, and I get to kind of do what I want to do. But he's like, no, I don't want you to have house rules when it comes to my relationship with you. I want you to follow the rules, follow the instruction, okay? So it's when our, when our mind is out of sync with God. It says, and if, in, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Okay, so that word revealed describes something that has been veiled or hidden, 
but suddenly becomes clear and obvious. So when Paul's using this word, he's communicating that God is so good that he wants you to have breakthrough in your life. And if any form of thinking is out of sync with God, he's going to address it with you. He's going to point it out if you'll listen, right? He wants to show it to you. He wants to reveal it to you that, hey, your thinking right now is not according to the way I desire for you to walk in your relationship with me. It's out of sync. And really, if you think about it, no matter how mature we are in our walk with Jesus, there are times when our perspectives are different than God, right? I mean, that's not a shocker, is it? There's times where we, we know we have our own perspective, kind of like I was talking about the house. We're like, well, no, this is the way it needs to go. But God's like, no, that's not how it needs to go. It needs to go according to the way I designed it and I planned it. And there's great guidelines for you to follow in my word. But here's the cool thing about it is the Holy Spirit is committed to help us, right? By pulling back the curtain of God's word, if we will choose to see what he's showing by intently listening and then just doing it. Kind of that Nike slogan, just do it. But see, we have to make a choice. We have to be definitive in our, um, uh, in our minds that, you know what? I am going to listen. I'm going to follow what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because the Holy Spirit really wants to speak to you constantly all the time. He is, actually. Unless you get to the point where you just ignore him totally. Because he's so gracious, he'll back off. But really, he's the one that's trying to get you to develop this relationship with God because God loves you so much. I love that scripture. Goodness and mercy mercy follow me all the days of my life. Right? So if we would just stop, man, goodness and mercy is going to catch up to us. But see, it's pursuing you constantly. Sometimes we just need to stop and allow him to come in and allow him to show us that goodness, allow him to show us that mercy. But see, we have to understand the Holy Spirit is committed to pulling back the curtain of God's word so that we can see, so that we can revise, so we can restructure, so that breakthrough can happen in our life. Because hopefully you want to break through, right? But see, sometimes that's going to take you stopping and listening. And if the Holy Spirit gives you a very simple directive, a very simple thing, then you just do it. And if you just do it, then you know what he's going to do? He'll give you another thing to do. He's going to build that line upon line, right? But see, we have to get to that point. So our very first point for today is the Holy Spirit will show us areas that need to be restructured. Restructured in our life. The Holy Spirit will show us areas that need to be restructured. Now this is going to happen as long as you and I are on the earth. You're not going to get away from it. Okay? No matter how mature we get, this is going to happen in our life. It's, it's, it's this progress that goes. A couple of scriptures that just kind of give us that truth. All right? Uh, John uh, 16, 13 says that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all truth. Romans 12, 2 says, renew your mind. Prove what is good, better, and best for the will of God in your life. 
But see, it's progressive. It, it, it'll be with us all the time. Isaiah 28, 10 says, line upon line, precept upon precept. What happens is, man, the, 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 the word of the Holy Spirit, the word of God gets into our life and it begins to take us step by step by step. And then Mark 4 says God's word's like a seed, right? Produces 30, 60, and 100 fold in our life. Those, that'll continue to happen in your life every single day if you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. If you allow him to show you those things, it never, ever stops. One of, one of my uncles um, that uh, uh, passed away several years ago, uh, man, he was an avid Bible reader. He prayed like hours on day. I mean, he was like just amazing. And there would be opportunities at times when um, I first got into Bible college um, that I had opportunities to sit with him, talk to him. And every time I sat and talked to him, um, what was so cool is that he would share with me what the Holy Spirit was saying to him and what things God was showing him and what things he needed to change in his life. And here's a guy who had loved Jesus, had a relationship with Jesus for over 50 plus years. But still, each day, he was submitted to sit in the presence of his Savior and allow God's Word and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to him and to reveal things to his heart. Over 50, you, may, you would think 50 plus years of serving Jesus, he'd have it down. But just like Paul... He, he, he was moving, right? He still had things to work on. And it's important for us to realize that, you know what? We need to have this childlike hunger for God's word. We need to have this childlike hunger for the Holy Spirit leading our life. And so that we can listen and we can learn and we can grow and we can be changed into what God wants us to be changed into. Now, if go to James chapter 1. And we're going to get a little bit of some practical insight into the Holy Spirit's leading. Because it's always important to, to understand to the best of our ability how this all works. So James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Okay, so we're going to break this down just a little bit. The word listen here is in the, uh, in the Greek, describes someone who intellectually audits a class, but does not actually engage in the learning process. Okay? So, in other words, all they do is listen, but they have no desire or intent to change. They're just kind of there. But see, here's the deal. Pastor James says, when you do that, then you are deceiving yourself. And that word deceive is an accounting term for mis, um, miscalculate. Okay, so you're, 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 you're deceiving yourself if you just come, right? We're not to be like just casual listeners on a Sunday morning or when we read our Bibles. We're actually supposed to engage in God's Word. We, we, I hope you never come on a Sunday morning and you're just here to audit what I'm saying because you're here and you just hear it. Okay, I went to church. This is great. Awesome. I'll check that off. No, what the Holy Spirit wants, what God wants, is for us not to just audit and walk away. He wants us to actually take it in and then engage with it. 
What did I hear? What is something that I can apply to my life so that I can walk away and put action to what God's word had to say? It's important for us to understand that. So we just can't be casual listeners, right? We can't just kind of read God's word and go, oh, okay, at least I did it, right? But we are engaged what we hear by doing what we hear. So you engage what you hear by doing what you hear. If not, then we get misguided. We get out of sync with God. John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32 says this. It says, if you abide, okay, that means to dwell or remain or continue to be present in my word, you are my disciples indeed. That's one who's engaging in the learning process. So if you want to say you are a disciple, I would ask, are you engaging in the learning process of what the word of God has to say to you? Verse 32 says, and now if you take this approach, you shall know the truth. Okay. So again, it's engaging in knowing God's word, having this learning relationship with the truth that allows you to understand. Okay. Now, actually to know is actually that, that same word that kind of talks about the union between husband and wife, right? Intimacy. And so it says, you shall know the truth. Well, I'm sorry. And and the truth shall make you free. So some of us, or you look at it and you think, well, man, that's kind of a big ask. That seems impossible. How can we realistically be expected to develop a relationship with God's word and everything that we read in scripture? But but let's see what James says, because he follows it up. He says this, anyone who listens, okay, that means only listens, audits, to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone at his face in a mirror. Now that word do in the Greek is where we get our uh, word poet. So that means creativity, which tells us it is not, if it's not obvious or easy. So sometimes we look at God's word and we're like, yeah, I, I'm not really sure I get it, or I'm not really sure what the direction is on that, or I'm not really sure what, what, what is going on there. It says, we should then press in, talk to the Holy Spirit for instruction, and then begin to reach forward and maybe even be creative in trying to do what we just read. Because some, some things, sometimes you don't get God's word that gives you a specific thing, like, say, marriage or who you're dating, right? God doesn't necessarily sometimes come and say, I want you to date this person, like you get a letter in the mail, right? And he says, I want you to date so-and-so, and this is, what you know, da 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 No, it doesn't happen that way. So oftentimes you've got to say, okay, Lord, I, I, I want to listen. I want you to show me, is this the right person? I really like this person. Is this going to lead me to where... Um, you want me to be and go. And so you're not going to, sometimes, like I said, you're not going to get a letter that says God's stamp of approval. But what you're going to get is the Holy Spirit, either like what I call red flag, and that's not the best thing, right? Or you're going to get nothing maybe. 
So you have to begin to engage God's word and, and go. So you're looking at it and it says, okay, well, don't, don't hook up or don't be connected to an unbeliever. Well, then now you've got to kind of wrestle with that. Is this person a believer? Are they moving towards the things of God? Well, not, no. Okay, well, then what do I do with that? And so it's important for us to understand that we've got to engage this truth and then we got to be, in, in a sense, we got to be creative in how we pursue God in it. So then this, this word mirror denotes a small hand mirror. Okay, now it's only mentioned one other time in Scripture, and that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. But I think it's so important that we, that we, we mention this, okay? It says, for now, okay, or at this very moment that you and I are in, we see, okay, or meaning we perceive or discern in a mirror, this small hand mirror. What does it say? Dimly. Okay, so even though today we all know what our, our, our mirrors are today, we see our reflection, we can see it clearly, you know, we use it in the morning to make sure we're looking good, right? Or, or you know, hey, does this outfit work? Ooh, bam, man, it's working, or, or whatever, so we can see that. But back in the New Testament, they didn't have it that way, okay? They were made of highly polished metal that could not produce a clear or distinct image. That's how the New Testament mirror is, okay? And so to get a better glimpse of what was being looked at, the viewer had to kind of move the, the mirror in many different angles to see if they could get it. Now, as an example, take a spoon. That would be a great example of what the mirror was back in the New Testament times. I don't know if you've ever taken a spoon and you looked at it and you see your reflection, but it's only dim can't really see your reflection at all. And so you're kind of like, you know, kind of doing that. Well, that's what he's trying to say. So we only can see in part. We can only see dimly what God's word has to say. But that's why the Holy Spirit is so important to our lives. Because the Holy Spirit wants to, to open it up to us. So we, we, we get this general knowledge, right, from the word of God. In some areas, right? So God's will um, for healing, okay? Because we see scripture in the Bible that God talks about. He wants us to be healed, okay? But understanding the specifics, specifics of how that happens in our life, we might not know. Okay, I know this is what God wants. But then, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to understand. How do I get to that level? Now, it might be as simple as, yeah, stay away from sugar. Stay away from this. Stay away from overeating. Stay away from that. Work out. Run. Walk. Right? See, but sometimes that's just the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Because he loves you. Right? And he's not going to just leave you hanging. He wants to say, hey, work on this area. Do this. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 goes on to say, but for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So once we get to heaven, everything will change. We will be able to see things as they really are. But for now, it says, now I know in part. That means you'd see in small fragments. God gives, you it, gives it to you in small fragments. Pieces, small fragments of the whole picture. 
It says, but then I shall know just as I am also known. So as long as we are on the earth, man, we will get small fragments. When we understand God's word, when we understand what God's plan is for our life, we don't get the whole picture oftentimes, most of the time, a large percentage of the time. We don't get this whole picture. Realize that. Because sometimes we feel like, well, I don't see the whole picture, so therefore, you know, it's just not something that, that, that's attainable for me. No. Look at it from the perspective that, you know what, when I look into God's Word, I see in part. I see in small pieces. And each of those pieces will lead to something. Each of those pieces will. So we, we take in truth in pieces as a mere dim, that is a, a, a mere dimly lit for us. And it's important to understand that we, see, I think it's part of God's mercy that causes us not to only know in part. Because I think if we knew the whole thing, we'd freak out. I, I think so. And I'll give you kind of a small example. But when, when so as you know, I, I grew up in California. And when God called us to um, North Carolina, I, I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about this, right? But see, it was part of what God was doing in me and in my family that he moved us to, to North Carolina. So we left our family. We left everybody. And I never, ever had a, had a desire to be a senior pastor or a campus pastor or whatever. I never had a desire. It was always children's ministry. I love being a children's pastor. This is going to be it. But see, I think if the Lord showed me the picture way back in California, that I would end up right here, right now, I would have freaked out. I would have been like, no, no, no. It's not happening. Stomping my feet, probably whining, moaning, telling her, telling her, well, I don't know. I don't know. I got to do that. But see, that was part of seeing in part. All I knew is the Holy Spirit said, go to North Carolina. Okay. So we went to North Carolina. Then go to South Carolina. Go to Lakeshore. Okay. So then I'm here. And then next thing you know, God says, go to Catawba. What? But see, I was able, because I obeyed in the small pieces that he gave me, I was able then to say yes to something that I never, ever, ever thought would happen. Does that make sense? So you see in part. Because sometimes if he gives us the whole picture, we'd freak out. And we'd be like, no way, I ain't doing it. And we'd end up like Jonah running and getting in the belly of a whale. And then God's got to get a hold of us again. So, so understand that, that when you look at Scripture, that it's going to be something to where, man, you know what, I've got to continue to press in. I don't know the whole picture yet, but I just know that this is what he's saying. This is what I know he's leading me to. Because the Holy Spirit will give you, he'll give you clarity and he'll give you creativity too to help you. Now back to James 1. Okay, it says, James 1, uh, 23 and 24, it says, anyone who, or anyone who listens, okay, that means only listens, like, all I'm doing is listen, I'm not even going to do whatever it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, or be creative, or try to figure out how do I put this into action in my life, is like a man who looks at his face in a, in a mirror, okay? And after looking at himself, goes away 
and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever woken up in the morning and looked at the mirror? I mean, like, what do you see, right? I mean, you probably see a host. I do anyways. You probably see a host of things, right? Some needs, some opportunities, right? There's spots, there, you know, bumps, lines. My hair's all out of whack, right? There's nose hairs. There's this, you know, this stuff out of place. And, 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 the, and the thing is, is that we've got to get ourselves pretty, right, to be public. Because we got, you know, hopefully we don't want to look that way. But if we ignored it after seeing all that in the morning, you know, how many wake up with bedhead and it's just, you know, crazy. It's all over. Or maybe you don't have bedheaded, you're bald or whatever. But you got other issues going on. Okay. But how many after that you see it and you go, ah, whatever. And you just walk away. And you go throughout your day and you're just doing what you do. And all of a sudden you start noticing, man, why is everyone looking at me? Why is everyone staring at me? Why is everyone, you know, staying away from me? It's because you didn't take care of the problem. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. And so when we choose not to lean into what the Holy Spirit's trying to, to tell us, those needs, those opportunities, then you know what? We're only fooling ourselves. We've miscalculated. We're only fooling ourselves. Because oftentimes what happens is we don't pay attention to what he's saying because we just assume that those things are so small and so minor, right? They're just kind of disconnected from what's really going on. When he says, no, what I want you to do is just do this first, right? I, just a crazy example. I mean, it might be something where like, you know, I, yeah, I'm dealing with my finances. And man, I, 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 need, I need to figure out what to do. And he might say, well, then stop Going out to eat so often. You know what I mean? Because you're going to save some money. But you think, oh, that's just so small, so minor in my life. Not, not really a big thing. But he's like, no, but, but if you would stop and it begins to add up, you'll begin to see a change in your finances. You'll begin to change, see, see some things going on in your life where all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, this is getting a little bit better. And the Holy Spirit's like, I told you so. Right? And you're like, yeah. But see, we have to be able to, to, to kind of dig in sometimes and say, okay, I'm not going to be that person who looks in the mirror and goes, and then walk away and not do anything about it. I'm going to be the person in the mirror and goes, oh yeah, I'm going to get my hair right. I'm going to, I, I'm going to look in God's word and I'm going to get whatever it is the Holy Spirit's helping me to see and I'm going to get it right. But see, we think sometimes these things are so small and so, so, so just minute that we often don't do it. Again, we're playing by house rules, right? Because we think, well, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, if the Holy Spirit brings it up, it's a big deal. Okay? Which leads us to our second point. Small restructures lead to large breakthroughs. Small restructures lead to large breakthroughs. All right, let me give you some puzzle wisdom right here. Okay, you ready for this? You never thought you were going to come to church today and get some puzzle wisdom. And you're going to be blown away by this. It's always the small pieces that make the big picture. Right? It's always the small pieces that make the big picture. Or if you're a Yoda fan, you would say it, big pictures, small pieces make. I couldn't pass it up. I was like, oh, I got to throw in Yoda. For some reason, it just was there. 
Okay? But big pictures, small pieces make. Now, here's the thing that I'm really thankful for. I am so thankful that the Holy Spirit is so gracious to all of us, really, by only showing us one small thing at a time. Right? Instead of the large imperfections of my life, the Holy Spirit targets one thing in your life, whatever that may be. And he says, I, you need to work on this. You need to do this. Even though, and I'm putting Pastor Scott in the, in the picture here, even though I know in my head I got all kinds of imperfections, right? I'm looking in that mirror and I'm going, ooh, ouch, oh, uh, that's ugly, Right? But see, the Holy Spirit's like, no, no, I, if, if you will work on this one thing, then what happens is, is you work on that one thing, then you'll work on another one thing, and then you work on another one thing. I'm going to create the big picture in your life. You're, all of a sudden, it's going to come together like a puzzle. And you're going to go, wow, this is so amazing and awesome. It's just mind-blowing. So we need to pay attention to the opportunities that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about. And what's great, too, is that, you know what? The Bible says that there is no condemnation. There is none. Romans 8, and we'll read it in a minute. Romans 8, 1 says, hey, you know what? If I'm in Christ, sure, I'm imperfect at times, but God's not going to hammer me and get the sledgehammer out. And say, boy, you better get your act together. No. Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, Pastor Scott, work on this area in your life. You need to do better at this in, your, in, in an area of your life. You know, I have told you over and over in times that I have to have a grace bucket when I'm driving. Right? Because, man, I, I, the way people drive, it just drives me crazy. And all of a sudden, this rage comes up. And I got to dip into the grace bucket. Ezra, my youngest son, reminded me that on Wednesday. We were driving down to, to South Carolina to, uh, to drop something off with my boys at school. And man, I, man, this truck driver was just ah, frustrating me. And Ezra's all, hey, Dad, did you take, take a handful of the grace bucket there? No. Uh-uh. You know, but he was like being like a little mini Holy Spirit, right? He was just trying to remind me. But see, that's the thing. There, there are little increments in our life that the Holy Spirit will speak to us about. He's not going to sometimes give you this whole imperfection picture to where you feel so beat up and down and think, ah, he's just saying, no, work on this. If you work on this, then I'll tell you what, it's going to lead to something else that I want you to work on. But it's good. It's a good thing. Not a, not, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. But see, here's the deal. If we procrastinate... If we don't pay attention and if we don't press in to what he's saying, those areas that he wants us to address, then because the Holy Spirit is so gracious, he'll stop talking. He won't point it out anymore. Because you're living by house rules. And he's like, okay, man, I have said this over and over. And he just stops. Waiting for you to come back and say, okay, um, it's not about me anymore. It's about you. Good. So, you remember? <laughs> you remember what I was talking to you about? Yeah. Do it. And it's just the simplicity of us saying, okay, I'll do it to the best of my ability. I might not be perfect at it. 
or you know, I'll give it everything I got. I'll be creative, whatever that means for me to do. But man, I, I want to cooperate. I want to be doing what you want me to do. Right? But it only happens if we, we press in. If we say, okay, I'm going to do that. And then that way we begin to kind of restructure the way we think, the way we act, the way we speak. Because we're now given over to him. Which then, I guess, helps us then to look into that full, beautiful mirror of grace. And you get to recognize, hey, I'm not the same person I was before. God's doing a work in me. God's changing me from the inside out. He's doing something. See, that's how we want to get to that point. But see, oftentimes we we won't even pony up to the full length mirror of grace because of the, the feelings, the condemnation that we have that the enemy has already told us. See, you're, you're a poet. You've messed up so many times. Every single time the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you don't pay attention. Ah, you can't go to that mirror. But see, Holy Spirit's like, no, no, I want you to go to the mirror. And if you, if you just obey what I'm, I'm trying to put in front of you, one step in front of you, and you just do that, man, you go up to that full and you go, Wow, God's doing a work in me. God's changing me from the inside out because of who Christ is in my life. Now, James chapter 1, verse 25, we're going to close up here in just a few minutes here. It says this, James 1, 25. It says, but the man who looks intently, okay, what he means by that is leaning in, being one who kind of examines God's word. It says, but the man who looks intently um, intently, the perfect law, that's God's word, that gives freedom. I think I might have missed something here. Let me read that again. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, okay? That law is God's word. You know, and we know that laws, you know, sometimes they prohibit things, but they also kind of safeguard against things, right? We know it prohibits, that's against the law, but because if you follow the law, then it kind of safeguards you. Put you in this, this, this kind of thing where, you know what, you feel maximum freedom and protection. So when we take in and examine God's words closely, our minds, our hearts are transformed. Our minds and hearts are transformed, which allows us then to walk in freedom. Right? We experience breakthrough in our lives. Because you know what, you might be bound in sin by something. But if we look into the perfect law of liberty and we engage it and look intently on it and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, then you know what? All of a sudden, that's, that hold of that sin begins to loosen itself to the point where you walk in freedom from that sin. That, that's encouraging. But see, oftentimes we don't give God's word long enough time to work in our life. We think, ah, oh, it didn't work, right? After two days. Or maybe a week. But see, that's not how God's word works. Remember we said in Mark 4, God's word's like a seed. A seed doesn't all of a sudden produce right away. It's got to be watered. And it's got to be watered. And it's got to be watered. And it's got to be watered. Eventually, the seed grows into what it's supposed to be. Same thing with God's word. Right? We look into the perfect law of liberty. We can have freedom in our life from these things that hold on to us that are sin in our life. We can be free from that, but it's not going to just all of a sudden change overnight. God can do it overnight. 
Don't get me wrong. But see, sometimes we doubt I got to just keep doing what the Holy Spirit says. And that's watering. And we just keep doing it. And we keep doing it. And all of a sudden, we are like, whoa, this puzzle picture is amazing. I'm seeing it clearly now. Romans 8, 1 uh, and 2 says this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's Him leading you. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's just what I was trying to get across to us. And then Pastor James goes on again in James chapter 1, verse 25, kind of on the B side of this. And it says, and continues to do, right? Creative ways to do this, not forgetting what he has heard. See, that's, that's one of the things. Don't forget when you walk out of this place what you heard. Don't forget it. Begin to say, okay, what do I need to do? What, what, what need, how does it need to fall into place? It says, uh, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. Then it says this, he will be blessed, okay? Or to receive God's favor. Or to receive God just working in, in your life. Right? And it says, he will be blessed in what he does. Now, notice the emphasis on action. Three times. It mentions, do, doing, does, right? Kind of the same thing. Being creative to figure out, how do I make this happen? How, how, how do I do this? See, you know, God might be saying, you know what? Hey, I want you to be in my word more. But God, I'm not a reader. I don't like to read. What do I need to do? And the Holy Spirit says, well, maybe you need to start listening to podcasts. Maybe you need to start listening to my word like through a podcast. Or maybe you need to buy one of those programs or whatever where someone reads the Bible to you. You know, in that Charlton Heston voice or whatever. It's like it was so deep and God's word says, da, 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 whatever. But that's a tool. That's something you could take. And maybe it's not, hey, I'm going to listen to Genesis all the way through, you know, to, um, you know, Matthew in one shot. But that might be, hey, I'm going to listen to Genesis chapter 1 today. And I play that over and over and over again. Hey, the next day, I'm going to play Genesis chapter 2. But see, what happens is that every time you play it, it's getting inside of you. But see, if you don't like to read, there are other creative ways. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying, you know what? Okay, I don't like to read, so what do I need to do? And then you get creative. Ah, let's do it this way. Let's see how that works. Okay, which brings me to my last point. Number three, God brings breakthrough as we obey. Russ, you can come on up. God brings breakthrough as we obey. Luke chapter 11, verse 28 says it this way in the, in the Passion Translation. It says, yes, said Jesus. All right, so Jesus is talking to someone. He says, yes, you got it right, man. That is awesome. He says, but God will bless all who listen to the word of God. Okay, not auditing it like, oh, I'm just going to listen because I have to be here, so I'm going to listen. No, you're listening intently so you can take it in. He says, the word of God and carefully obey everything they hear. 
That's key. Obeying everything that they hear. So if you want to be blessed, right? If you want to experience the fullness of God in your life, wherever that is right now, your relationship with God might be distant. It might be non-existent. It might be whatever. But if you would just turn and face the Lord and, and, and begin to walk in this relationship with him, then you know what? God's favor, God's presence, God's hand will be upon your life. And you'll experience new things because God designed it that way. That's what he wants. But see, we have to understand that in order for us to experience breakthrough, we've got to get ourselves to the point of saying, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to restructure? What do you want me to change in my life? What do you want me to, to, how do you want me to build this a different way? And I, I am confident without a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit will tell you that he will reveal it to you. He'll, he'll speak it into your heart. Then it's up to you to take action, right? Then it's up to you to obey it and say, yes, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it. And that way it helps us to be able to experience the breakthrough that God has for us. And so ask the Holy Spirit. If you're not sure what to do, ask the Holy Spirit. And, and you know what? Even, even talk to him and say, hey, speak louder to me than what I'm used to. Why not? Speak louder to me. I mean, you see in the Bible, there are times when, when things, people showed up. And it was like, hey, I'm speak, God's speaking to you. Oh, yeah. So why, why can't the Holy Spirit speak louder into your life? I mean, he might even send someone into your life to give you some encouragement. To say, hey, man, this has been on my heart for you, and I just want to encourage you. And then, you know, whatever he speak, whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking, you're hearing right. You're hearing what he's saying. Just go for it. And man, that, I mean, I've had that happen in my life over, over the years, and that is such an encouragement. When, when, when you're talking to the Lord, and he's dealing with you about something, but man, you feel like, ah, man, I'm, I'm really still kind of in that gray area. And someone comes into your life and says, hey, I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know. This is just what I feel. And they share something, and you're like, ding, 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 right? And you're just like, yeah, God, man, you, you sent someone to talk to. Oh, my gosh. This is so amazing. So ask him. And I, and, I, and I guarantee you, he will. He will show you those things. But see, it's all that to say, you know what? Let's experience us breakthrough in our life, whatever those areas are, big or small. God wants to do it, but see, we got to stop, start in that process of saying, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to restructure my thinking, my talking, my actions in order to experience a breakthrough in my life like never before. So if you would, bow your heads, and I'm going to pray us out of here. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to Well, Holy Spirit, we thank you for God's word this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you speak our language. So however we heard what I delivered, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that throughout today and tomorrow and throughout this week and the days to come, that Holy Spirit, you would speak louder and clearly and decisively to each one of us so that we make the change. 
we take action upon what we heard today. We take action upon the word of God that we read that we read throughout our, our days. We take action on, on maybe the podcast or things that we hear. Um, we take action upon it because we know that's your heart. That's what you want for us so that we can experience breakthrough in our life. And so I thank you for each of us here in this building today. I thank you for those who will listen um, that are not here today um, on the podcast. And I thank you for just revealing your heart, revealing your truth into their life so that they can begin to take steps to do what you've asked them to do. Give them courage, give them boldness, give them every tool they need in order to be able to follow what you're saying. And so I thank you for doing that in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.